Good evening. It's 9 p.m. on the West Coast, and you're tuned in to the ILEG Radio Show. Coming at you live from the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley, broadcasting around the world on radio.ileducationgroup.org and ionglobalpolitics.com. Here's your host for the next hour, Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. Good evening. Hope you're having a wonderful evening and relaxing. And sit back and we're going to talk about some very important topics tonight. California is being inundated with wet weather. It's being just ultimately uh, hit with, with something called the atmospheric rivers, which are defined as relatively long narrow regions in the atmosphere like just like rivers in the sky that transport uh, most of the water vapor outside of the tropics and climate change is involved in all of this where the warmer atmosphere can hold more moisture and therefore uh, it it dumps all this moisture at one time and california has already had 17 people killed in the last few weeks, a little boy was tragically hit by a tree. Um, just an awful, awful thing. A five-year-old was swept away from his mother and and killed. Trees down, mass power outages, hundreds of thousands of people out of power. And uh, it's going to continue for another week and a half. It's gonna, there's going to be a little bit of a pause and it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue. The rescuers were continuing to to search on Tuesday. Uh, that's today for a five-year-old boy who was pulled from his mother's arms, as I said, uh, swept away by the floodwaters in San Luis Obispo County uh, the day before on Monday. The boy, Kyle Doyne, was on the way to his first day of kindergarten after the holiday break. Very sad. Very sad. Uh, Montecito... In Santa Barbara County, where many celebrities live, uh, being evacuated, Prince Harry and, and, and Meghan Markle evacuated, I believe Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah lives there. Restaurants along the coast just being decimated. It's, a, it's quite an event. I have family in California, aunt, sister and her family, uncle. And it's, uh, yeah, it's concerning for, for everybody there. Um, so uh, stay dry if you're in California. And uh, be careful on the roads because they're, they're very treacherous with the winds, the down tree lines, and uh, tree down trees with the, the power lines, the, the flooding, the winds, whole host of things, the, light, the lightning strikes. It's, there's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, I, I was looking at the um, a story coming out of California. Of a, it was in San Francisco. An art gallery 
owner was hosing off a homeless woman uh, and it got caught on tape. She was outside the gallery and this man was somewhat elderly and, but you know, he was owner of the gallery or in charge of the gallery and he had called police a new, numerous times and they, maybe they came, but she came back to that spot. Maybe she went to shelter briefly for a couple of days, he was saying, but she came back. He ended up hosing her off with the with the cold weather and the the rain. I mean, it was just a very inhumane spectacle. And the man who caught it on tape was someone who worked nearby, and he was appalled by it. But that's not really that's not how you handle that situation. Uh, you know, homelessness is has been declared a state of emergency in California. Uh, it's an emergency in in Oregon. The new governor's coming to. Uh, into power was inaugurated and she declared it a state of emergency and is making it a priority. We'll see what happens. I'm glad she did that. Uh, I'm glad she's making it a priority because it's just so in your face now. Uh, since 2020, 20, uh, homelessness has risen by 22% in Oregon. So I'm glad she's doing that. And I'm glad the, the progressive so-called progressive governors of the of the West Coast are are making this a priority in Washington State, Oregon, and California. Uh, but we'll see how it goes because this needs funding and it requires federal funding, I think, to really make a difference. And we'll see what happens. What, what the proof is in the pudding. But uh, I'm glad to see that the new governor is, you know, at least putting it putting out the putting it out there as as her top priority. But back to the. The climate change, um, I mean, I guess it all, all goes into one. It all rolls into the same, you know, you have climate change, you have homelessness, you know, who's getting hurt? It's the poor predominantly, and, and now you have rich people in Montecito and Santa Barbara also being evacuated, but they'll go to a hotel, but it's the rich people and the poor people, excuse me, that end up in a a shelter, end up... Um, dying from the elements and in the cold so uh it's 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 all tied into one if you really start to connect the dots the governor of california is now saying that he's gonna have to scale back on some of the climate change initiatives because california is going to be in a 25 billion dollar deficit so he needs to save that no pun intended for a rainy day for the next fiscal year and, uh, you know, with the lack of funding and the mismatched priorities of what we talked about in the last last show about the massive military budget, all those, all that unnecessary militarism could be going toward climate change, homelessness. And, you know, we have these two big oceans. We have these two big oceans called the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans. I've always said nobody really thanks them. They always thank because it's the uh, PR, it's the societal thing that's in the media to thank the servicemen, thank, thank, thank you for your service, all that. Uh, you know, a better way to thank men and women in the military would be not to send them to to immoral wars like Iraq and Afghanistan and etc. But yeah, so you have all this funding for the military, and you really don't uh, get it to where where it, where it needs to go. 
we have these big oceans called the Atlantic and Pacific Pacific Ocean, and and that contributes to what what what's more of a contributor to to American to U.S. security than these two huge oceans that surround us. We don't need to have a footprint around the world with 800 military bases. It's unnecessary. And, you know, Ron Paul talked about it, and I really think that was a missed opportunity for Democrats back in 2012 when he said, you know, close all the bases, concentrate on the United States. I disagreed with... Some of the things on the environment, on uh, many things on domestic policy, healthcare, things like that. But if you get rid of all that militarism, all that budget, it'll free up money domestically. And I, I think that Democrats didn't see that because all they saw were like social issues. Um, and, and they didn't think the next step that here you have a guy talking about things like Noam Chomsky, talking about really changing the way the United States does business in the world. And when you do that, you're going to change the way you do business at home because you're going to have a lot of resources. And people will see that we don't need that footprint around the world. Because when we go around the world, we mean in the United States government, or they, because they're really out of touch with we the people, when they go around the world doing their dirt and bringing working class men and women of the military with them, as 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 pawns what happens is the the profits of that don't come back it doesn't come back it doesn't come back home it doesn't nobody benefits from that the poor the working class they don't benefit from that military adventurism around the world people do benefit and it's the elite it's the weapons contractors it's the uh it's the 1%, the oil companies, and the elite of, in Israel, and, and, and the European elite, and they're all tied together, but be sure that the working people and your average soldier, because look at all the homeless soldiers strewn about the streets, the, the veterans, they don't benefit from that. So by freeing up all those resources that that military budget those those bases and bringing that home it's not being american first at all because i'm a progressive i believe in uh health care social programs and i believe that we could get to all that if we rearranged our priorities and brought that home and you can see that the benefits would be applied to the people to have a decent standard of living across the board for for the low-income brackets and the poor and the working people of this country and not applied to the 1%. If you've ever looked at the Gini curve with, with in, in economics, you'll see the, the, the inequality of the United States is, is, is quite high. It's, it's, it's way out of a balance for being a developing country, a, a developed country, for being a developed country. It's more along the lines of a, a developing country, of, of, a, of a third world country. So you have a, a, a very rich few, and yet we have a middle class, but then you have a large gulf between the rich and the, and the poor. And um, 
You know, it doesn't have to be that way. But, it, you know, so right now we have storms. I hope storms in California and we had fires here in Oregon. We had an ice storm in, in February of 2020, one that I've, something I've never experienced. It was like gun battles all night long with tree branches just cracking like everywhere. There are a lot of trees in Oregon around here. So just everywhere, just splitting. And the noise was something I I never heard of, but we're we're having more and more of these events that people have never experienced. I just saw uh, Zelda's, uh, a famous restaurant in Capitola in Santa Cruz County. The owner there, who's the the restaurant was trashed. The the waves just came in. Um, it was right on the 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 water. Just beams were. I mean, it was totaled pretty much. Uh, and they're gonna take monster rebuild but he had never seen anything like that he had said someone had seen something like similar in 1986 but in in his time there um he had had never seen anything like it and that's what you're hearing people haven't seen anything like uh what's going on in in california i hadn't seen anything like it with the the fires that we experienced and, and thank goodness that we were where I am. We weren't. Uh, we were on level two evacuation. We we're on level two evacuation. That's one away from, you know, get out and go. So we were on standby. But you know, a lot of people weren't so fortunate in Oregon, and they, you know, lost everything, uh, all their property, and including, uh, you know, loved ones and, and their lives. So we're we're dealing with a climate crisis that. You know, everywhere it presents itself, we're we're seeing new things that we haven't seen in our lifetime, and yet for for too many people in 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 politics and power, it's it's business as usual. The Washington Post is saying that McCarthy, the new Speaker of the House, is touting fossil fuels as California reels from atmospheric rivers. And McCarthy is his district is in in Bakersfield, which is a conservative area, not 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 like uh, Los Angeles County or Los Angeles and San Francisco, which are very liberal areas. But uh, McCarthy is his district has a lot of uh, like has oil in it, oil oil um, oil industry. And it's more of a conservative area, but you know he doesn't have any policy on climate change, really. And the quote that I saw from McCarthy was that, huh, well, you know, uh, it, it, you know, he had no agenda. He just basically shrugs his shoulder. So um, we'll see what what what's going to happen with 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 all that. Uh, it's a very moment to moment situation with the flooding and, and the storms in, in California. Another thing that happened recently was more in the in the sporting world, but it made its way into pop culture, was the collapsing of uh, DeMar Hamlin in the Monday night football game. And he collapsed on the field after a hit. Uh, the Buffalo Bills were... We're playing the Cincinnati Bengals, and it wasn't the hardest of hits. Uh, it was 
a helmet or a shoulder pad to the to the chest, but it was a, a significant hit. And from hearing the doctors, they were talking about perhaps like when it when a blunt force blow to the the chest, just as the heart is beating at a particular time, it can throw off the heart and stop the heart. I'm obviously not a cardiologist or or medical doctor, so but that's that's the basic idea where where the blunt trauma uh, affected his heartbeat and he was resuscitated and that's the last i heard maybe there's an update on his on, on the reasons why he, he why it occurred but that that's what i heard let me know if you've heard different differently but he was resuscitated for 9 minutes on the field and twice he was resuscitated in cpr for 9 minutes and you know the interesting thing about that. I mean, it's that he's out of the hospital now, and and I'm glad and and uh, I'm happy for for uh, for his recovery, and that his family, he and his family are 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 doing well now or better. He's out of the hospital. His teammates are reassured. Um, you never want to see anybody, you know, hurt or suffer, and 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 it's it's a good ending so far. For Demar Hamlin, the interesting thing in regard to to this show that I that I found was the reaction to his his situation. Everything was you know normal along the lines of sympathy and greetings, and that's that's always that's always great to see uh, humanity outpouring itself to another person in need that's going through a medical crisis. That's uh, a beautiful thing to see. But Skip Bayless, he had a slightly different take. Skip Bayless tweeted out, I, I, what, from what I've heard, it was like while DeMar Hamlin was on the field, Skip tweeted, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. And the tweet before that, he had said, my, my prayers and thoughts for, for DeMar and his family or something along those lines. And then he did this tweet. And people just went completely berserk on, online uh, as far as like athletes, celebrities, celebrity athletes saying how it was inhumane, it was uh, classless, uh, calling him names, saying he should be fired. And I, I tried to look at the tweet and see what was so wrong with it. I heard another commentator saying what was wrong with it was that uh, the timing of it, that he, DeMar Hamlin was on the field at the time and it was the wrong time to... To, to mention whether or not uh, what would be the fate of the game, of the NFL game, how they would make it up or continue it. But then he says it seems so irrelevant. Uh, so, I mean, he's saying that it seems so irrelevant. Other people called him to question his motive, saying he was just saying that to cover himself. You know, this strikes me as a huge waste of time. You've got... Well, I'm not going to get into Skip Bayless's head. He went on there. He didn't want to apologize. He seemed like he was almost tearing up because all this 
uh, heat was coming down on him for this tweet, and uh, his co-host didn't show up the next show, uh, Shannon Sharp. And it seems to me that uh, I don't want to parse another person's words this closely. Uh, when the whether or not what he meant is really inconsequential to humanity. There's so many things to be angry about, to be upset about, to be concerned about in our world. And you have all these celebrities, these, uh, these athletes, really, that are, that are just, you know, millionaires, multimillionaires, uh, professional athletes, uh, coming down on one even when so a former NBA player went so far as to say that he was going to be attacked, that Skip Bayless would be attacked. Skip Bayless is a, you know, 70 year old man commentator. And that he was in, in some ways giving a veiled threat saying, you know, I'm just, I would be careful because, you know, someone's going to come after him physically, you know, is, is, Where's the, I mean, of course we're not going to bring intellectualism into to American sports or, or, or Twitter, for that matter, on a, on a grand scale, because uh, that would be um, asking too much. But it seems to me that with everything going on, you got the Palestinians that are being uh, now, as always, abused and oppressed and killed, and now you have an extreme right wing government back or, or or the hardliners that are just uh taking all the you know veneers off not that it was there before but just the, to make a long story short that the, the the palestinians are are in for even rougher time now uh with the with the human rights abuses and the oppression you have a proxy war going on where we're given a hundred billion dollars you have climate change happening and these people are outraged because um, somebody tweeted that uh, the NFL may make up a, a game when's the, when they're going to make up a game. And then said it was irrelevant and added that it was there were thoughts and prayers for the guy at the, at the same time. It seems to me that these people need to, you know, are stuck in, in, in social media sphere. And if they got out of their, you know, sporting worlds and uh, social media spheres and actually went down and uh, took a trip with all their millions of dollars and saw the occupied West Bank in the Palestinian uh, territories or had gone to Pakistan and seen the flooding in, uh, that covered Pakistan or have... I've gone to um, Donbass and see what's going on. Maybe that's that's asking a bit too much these days. Um, but or I've gone to a homeless shelter and uh, and 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 you know really gave of themselves, not just money. And maybe some do. Maybe some do. But I I I guarantee you, if that was their priority in life. If that was their focus of using their fame and their millions and their notoriety, they wouldn't have time to parse Skip Bayless's tweet and get into his brain and rant and rave that he should be fired 
uh, for uh, asking when the game is going to be made up. It, 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 you know, it seems to me, what do you think? Give me a call at one 974 ilag That's 1-888-974-4534. Leave me a voicemail. I just couldn't find anything wrong with the, the tweet. Uh, and as somebody explained uh, on TV, they said, well, it was the timing. It was the timing. I, I can see that. I can see that it was poss- It was perhaps insensitive with the timing. Uh, but that's this guy's gig. That's what this guy does. This guy, it's in his character to be a sports commentator and ask questions of this sort. This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome. Uh, you know, but then he says, seems so irrelevant because he's reading the, the reading the room. He's, I, it just doesn't uh, seem like, you know, worthy of so much attention, so much outrage. We saw Candace Cameron not too long ago say something about uh, traditional marriage and her family, American Family Network, that's kind of like an offshoot of Hallmark. They were going to just have movies and series with traditional marriage. And the uh, the LGBTQ crowd got all up in arms and said, Whoa, whoa, you know, you're cutting out movies with, with gay people, gay marriage in it. Uh, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with what she said. She didn't say anything wrong with, you know... There are stations that want to have, don't want to see two guys during Christmas getting married, including me. I don't want to see that. That doesn't mean gay people should be bullied or uh, harassed or what happened in the nightclub is, it, it, with with the shooting is, is horrific. But it's, um, hey, it's, there are different stations for for different audiences. You're not going to put gay marriage on a on a Christian broadcasting network. And because she said that, they know who she is. She's a a, a Christian woman. She's been that way for many years. Her brother is a, a you know a evangelical Christian, and yet they go after her, calling her a bigot and this and that. I would say it's 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 many ways it's disrespectful to people of faith. It's disrespectful to people of faith to push your values onto them. To push, uh, to push values of, 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 uh, of, of LGBTQ uh, values, gay parades on people of faith, make, making them bake your uh, uh, cake for a gay wedding. Hey, it's 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 called you know freedom of religion. It's called freedom of speech, freedom of expression. If you believe that, you're free to believe what you believe, and watch your own station with your own your own uh, you know type of programming. But don't call someone a bigot just because they have a religious faith and don't believe in having programming, holiday programming with that. And so I bring that up just to to to. To say between Skip Bayless and Candace Cameron, all these 
these these people in the social media sphere that are the hypersensitive, hypersensitive to what people say, what celebrities say, if they're not aligned with exactly with with uh, the values that they hold, then then they don't believe in freedom of speech. Then apparently they don't believe in freedom of expression. You know, Skip Bayless had a right to ask a question. Is this going to going to um, going to be made up? Was it insensitive? Maybe. I don't even want to get into to his head because I think it's a waste of time. The the only reason why I bring this up now is because I think that these celebrities, these athletes, these multi-million dollar uh, professional athletes that play a game for a living, that, that play a, a game, grown men playing a game for multi-millions of dollars, could spend that time more wisely, and, I, and I, I'm sure some do, some do. Many are, there are activists, athletes, and then there are those that are involved in, 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 in important causes. But I think the, the many that, that involve themselves with this ridiculous banter online could use their platforms for, uh, in the purpose of, of making a, a world a better place instead of, Calling for sports journalists to be to fired, to be to be sanctioned because his thought didn't align correctly, or they felt it was insensitive. I think that's uh, that's uh, one of the many shortcomings in in modern day uh, culture that we we have with the with the internet and with uh, what they call cancel culture. I I I looked at cancel culture long before it became even a, a word or what before I heard it. I mean, going back 10, 15 years ago when I knew that in academia, there were things that you couldn't say without making it a lot difficult, more difficult on yourself as far as tenure, as far as employment in, in different academic institutions. And I knew that, uh, very well, and then we saw that on a big scale with Colin Kaepernick when he was put out of a job because he knelt down. And the right wing wanted to cancel Colin Kaepernick. What more peaceful thing can you do than kneel during the national anthem? He wasn't being violent, he wasn't yelling, he wasn't carrying on, he wasn't disturbing anyone. He just knelt down. He knelt. That's almost even more reverent than standing. And yet they wanted to cancel him. So it goes on all sides. It's not a, a, a you know, one side that it's a Republican or a uh, Democratic issue, or a right versus left. This is a societal issue where people, anytime that the other side, side that they don't like, you know, says something, they want to sanction them. And I always, as you know, believed in speaking the truth and let the chips fall where they may, whether that's financially or employment prospects. Speak the truth and always stand by what you say. 
And I think that's the best policy, because if you believe what you say, you're informed on the facts, and you know it's the truth, then uh, you can't go wrong. So, and, and, and always try to be kind and, and, and courteous. And I, I think um, that's just a, a, a good way of, of, of carrying oneself. But I think it's on all sides and it, it's, it's gotten out of hand. But we'll continue to look at that issue as, as we go along in, in, in future episodes. So yeah, we have climate change, we have the war, got the, the Palestinians suffering, the, the proxy war going on, and homelessness, people without health care, and people find the time to make Skip Bayless's tweet a huge issue that is covered by every major media commentator. Did Skip Bayless say something wrong by saying this late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Um, I don't, I, like I said, couldn't really see uh, the big uproar about it other than the timing, which, you know, there's going to be p- people that are going to be insensitive. There's insensitive people in every office building. I've, I, have you ever worked in a job that without insensitive people, should they be fired for being insensitive or saying something wrong? I don't think so. I mean, it's not harassment or violence or sexual harassment. It, it, it's on topic. He's a sports commentator asking whether the game should be made up or what's going to go on, you know? Uh, and he even gave the thoughts and prayers and everything. Yeah, so what are you going to do? I mean, I don't know. I just think that people could use their time more wisely. I'm going to play a song right now to kind of honor the, the, the earth. A Hawaiian song, Io Mai, Play Rachel.
Was Eo Mai and Kylie Rochelle. So we're talking about climate change. We're talking about popular culture and society. What's important to be advocating when there's so many important causes and celebrities are concerning themselves with who said what on Twitter and uh, parsing people's language. I think people really need to learn how to to discriminate uh, to 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 recognize what real discrimination is. When people pa- parse parse words of other people and try to say this is insensitive or this is racist or this is um inappropriate you know i you know being the speech police I, I really think it takes away from the times when there is real discrimination recently there was a video of a uh, a young asian couple or, or two friends that were in a restaurant in california and someone came up to them and was you know saying racist things and threatening them and this is an obvious case of of a hate of a hate crime of the man was arrested or someone being denied employment because of their race or or not being served for an hour while they wait while a white person is served and they're like like the black FBI agents that were at Denny's uh, years ago that were were not served these are real cases of discrimination 
But when somebody says, uh, you know, something, you know, and and people are parsing the words to like Candace Cameron with non-traditional marriage, um, and they're trying to find something discriminatory or 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 or, or bigoted about a statement when you know people don't even always express themselves, you know, clearly. And sometimes they have humor. Sometimes they try to make a joke and it doesn't come out right. But, you know, I think by parsing people's words and being so hypersensitive that what happens is, you know, everything becomes discrimination. And that takes away from the real discrimination that is out there. People have to learn to recognize the situation for what it is. And what you have is, you know, a bunch of people that are just on their guard, uh, ready to scream bigot. And, you know, I think it goes both ways in some ways. This this country, the United States and, and Europe are historically, have historical r- racism, uh, the United States has had had a civil rights movement, which allowed them to have more institutions against racism, more uh, more uh, organizations. The NAACP. We have a, a larger African American community. Europe never went through a civil rights movement. They had colonialism. Colonialism. It, it collapsed. A lot of immigrants came and lived in in France and and Britain and in other countries. And they never went through a civil rights movement. And so they don't really have the, the, the numbers in many ways, although that's changed, uh, of minorities. But they also don't have the institutions that, that stand up. So I think the United States has stronger institutions, but it also has racism that hasn't disappeared. So it's there and people have to be on guard about real racism, whether it be in the United States or, or Europe. But by being hypersensitive about everybody, I think, um, it takes away from, from, you know, concentrating on the times when people are really discriminated and, and, and people start to, you know, doubt everything people that aren't, you know, middle America that aren't so critical about or informed about, uh, about, about historical racism. They start to say, oh, well, it's just cancel culture. When, no, there is real discrimination, but, it, you know, not everything that somebody says should be, you know, a cause for being fired or, or dismissed or sanctioned. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, this goes right into a conversation about how the government, how the government has a double standard be, between what it does abroad and what it does at home. You know, it, you know, liberals want to, uh, you know, have a certain way of living. Conservatives want to have a certain way of, of being in this country, and then yet they do the opposite when it, when they go abroad. Want freedom of press at home? Cancel stations you don't agree with from abroad. You know, you want to have gun regulation at home? Send guns without any audit into a proxy war on end. You know, there's, there's a lot of examples like that. Um, want to end racism here at home, but support Israel. That's an apartheid state in, in the Middle East that are discriminating Palestinians on, on a daily basis. 
So, you know, I think that if you really want to break it down and look at the, the, the contradictions between domestic and foreign policy, you'll find a, find a lot there. But um, that's, a, that's a discussion for another day. So uh, I'm going to play a song right now and um, another Earth song for you. I think we're going to go with Michael Jackson. What about sunrise? What about rain? What about all the things that you said we were to gain? What about killing fields? Is there a time? What about all the things that you said was yours and mine? Did you ever stop to notice all the blood we shed before? Did you ever stop to notice this crying earth that's weeping sure?
Michael Jackson, Earth Song. So the New York Times is reporting that San Francisco and other parts of Northern California saw hail and lightning storms uh, on Tuesday, and forecasters warn that wind gusts of up to 60 miles an hour and possibly even tornadoes could accompany the heavy rain. Experts say the cost of the damage done by the storms could top $1 billion. So looking ahead, they're expecting seven more inches of rain uh, on, to fall on California over the next several days. And yet another, quote, enormous cyclone that is forming off the coast that will slam the areas of Northern California and the Pacific Northwest on Wednesday, the Weather Service said. So California or San Francisco has already gotten uh, in the last couple of weeks the same amount of rain as uh, six months, six months worth of rain. It's topped about uh, about just under 13 inches and six months in two uh, couple weeks, couple weeks. That's that's crazy. So it's it it's it's not over yet. There's more in store coming for California. So. Be careful on the roads and uh, and in general because there's a there's a lot of wind and hail and rain and even tornadoes coming. That's like something out of a movie. Tornadoes like the day after tomorrow. So uh, the. Uh, the homeless situation, uh, you know, it, as I said, it all kind of ties in as well with with the people out there in the in the in the rain and without any shelter and in the elements. You know, it becomes a, a a survival story for for people with nowhere to go under these kind of elements. A couple years, a couple months back, uh, uh, Portland City had a, a vote with the city council to remove the homeless encampments and try to move them into, move them into big, like 500 uh, person camps and move them out of the parks. And there was pushback on that and they, that they don't have enough shelter yet. And, you know, it's really just, just a mess because, you know, people are concerned about their businesses and this, but then there's the human element. These people have nowhere to go. They didn't, they don't have housing and they're saying they're going to construct 20,000 new housing units in Portland. Uh, but by 2033, that's 10 years away. I mean, it takes a lot of time, I guess, for the permits and, and everything that goes into that. But this, you know, this all ties into what we talked about last time with the priorities being out of whack and mismatched because, you know, if the funding was there, these people would be housed or, uh, in with in treatment centers if they have uh, uh, drug problems or mental health problems and in job programs, as long as it takes, that's what that's what the government should say. As long as it takes, we're going to create a, a an energy uh, environment, a, a a a a an energy system that reduces carbon emissions. To the level that saves the planet, we're going to house everybody and get them the treatment that they need, and that's the first priority. And any money left over, you can uh, 
put away and build a, you know, have some military bases here at home. And we have these two big oceans around us. And if somebody wants to come over to the United States, then, then you can talk about military, uh, a military, uh, a conflict. If they want to cross these big oceans to a country that has 6,000 nuclear weapons, but to have 800 military bases around the world and having proxy wars while people are homeless and the climate change is ravaging the earth, not just the United States, but the earth ravaging uh, every continent. And primarily it's the poor that suffer because while Harry and Meghan are being evacuated, they have another house. I'm pretty sure that Harry and Meghan have another place to go to. Uh, But a low-income person or person just living paycheck to paycheck, which is... The majority of Americans, I, I believe, I, I forget the figure, it was like 60%, 66% of, a, of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. I'll have to check that figure, but that's most Americans. They get they get their house flooded, and, uh, you know, they don't have anywhere to go or not for long. You know, they, they may have money, a little money for a hotel for a week or a couple weeks, but... It's hurting them. It's it's hurting them. That's the point. It's not going to hurt Megan and Harry. I mean, I don't wish Megan and Harry any ill will or anybody ill will. But the point is they have the means. Primarily, climate change is hurting the poor. The poor of the, wor- the United States. The poor of the world, as we saw in Pakistan. We see in, in, in other places, the Marshall Islands, around the world. The, the poor who don't have the resources to get to higher ground, to move, to move all their things, to have another place, to have a second residence. So we have to keep that in mind that this is all related. Poverty, climate change, the mismatched priorities, the militarism, and the number one institution in the world, the biggest polluter in the world is the U.S. Department of Defense. If you have one institution, take one institution with all their jets and military and bases around the world and munitions, it is a fact that Department of Defense is the number one polluter uh, in the world. It pollutes as much as, I believe, uh, Portugal or as other countries. So keep that in mind. That's a mind-baffling fact that many don't want to deal with. I went When I was in Germany, I interviewed people and, you know, I said, you got 40,000 at that time more now American troops here you got all kinds of bases sitting in Germany you know you're protesting uh, climate change what do you think about that you know it wasn't really on their radar some said well we don't have military we need them uh, you know others just didn't want to focus on it because that was politically insensitive there was one guy who spoke candidly or out he was from um, another European I believe Denmark or but uh no, most of them didn't didn't want to register. They want to talk about, you know, government policies and subsidies or cars and car munitions. They don't want to talk about the military footprint because, as one person I interviewed there said, when you start speaking about that, you really make people angry. It becomes even more controversial. And uh, then they believe that, you know, they, they get a lot more pushback. You know, employment, uh some believe that it'll take away from their message, but you know, really it's because it's a more difficult conversation because when you're dealing with military, you're dealing with a different set of emotions 
for our population. And so we'll talk about more of that later, but we're out of time right now. And I, I thank you for joining us as always. Remember, as always, as always, keep the faith. You're listening to the ILEG Radio Show with Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas, broadcasting live on radio.ileducationgroup.org and ionglobalpolitics.com.